Hello, Coven. I am your host, Rachel Pond, and this is Practical Magic. In this week's episode, I will be interviewing Steph from Witch Wednesdays. She will be sharing her journey of becoming a witch and what her practice looks like. Uh, Before we jump into this week's episode, though, I quickly want to go over the phase of the moon, uh, the astrology placement of the moon, and a few things that you can do to work with the energy of the moon. So, for December 11th, 2021, the moon is currently in waxing gibbous at 56%. Um, The astrology placement of the moon is in Aries, and Aries... Um, being a ram controls the head and face which makes sense you know because rams they headbutt and it's all their head and face that they mostly use uh, for that Uh, some things that you can do to work with the waxing gibbous energy is releasing and meditation With that being said, let's jump into this week's episode. Hey. Hey. Okay. Let's give this one more try. (laughs) (laughs) In this week's episode, I will be interviewing Steph from Witch Wednesdays. Um, Steph, please take a moment to um, plug any socials or any projects you may have going on. Um, and then uh, please share with us, um, what did that aha moment look for, like for you when you realized that you were a witch or just the beginning process of you realizing that you were just different than the other people around you? Sure, I can cover that. So thank you for having me here. Uh, I am very excited to be on your podcast because you were on mine. Um, Thank you for that. Chatting about ancestor work. I know my listeners absolutely loved hearing that one um, because it was something that they had a lot of questions about. So I am very excited to be here with you today instead. Well, thank you. Yes. And like Rachel said, um, I run the podcast Witch Wednesdays. And that is about two years old. So if you have not checked that out before, there are tons of back episodes for you to check out and listen to. Um, Hopefully something in there sparks your interest. So that is available on all listening platforms. You can also find me at Witch Wednesdays podcast, all one word, on Instagram. And at witchwednesdays.com. And those two places will have all of the other links in case you're interested. I have a Patreon that has... Uh, other exclusive content three times a week. I have a YouTube channel that posts every week. So there's lots of different places to find me. And those are all linked at whichwednesdays.com if you are interested. Perfect. So my witchcraft story um, is going to be, it's kind of a long one. So (laughs) I don't think there's one short one out there. I think we all have long stories. Right? I think, I think that we do. So my witchcraft story is directly tied to my religious upbringing. So I was raised Catholic. Um, my parents were both Catholic. My mom um, was raised Catholic her whole life, Roman Catholic. She is of you know, English, Irish, European in general descent. And my dad is actually from India. And 
when he was born in 1939, the British were still ruling. So he was actually raised Christian, which surprises a lot of people. They thought that he would maybe be Hindu, but he was actually raised Christian um, his whole life. And then when he met my mom before they got married, he converted to Roman Catholicism, which is not, you know, that far of a off yeah. or similar. Uh, so when I was born, they decided to raise me Catholic as well. We I grew up really close, like down the street from a basilica here in Illinois. And I don't recall all the differences of what the different churches are, but apparently a basilica is a big, big deal because there's not that many of them. So that was part of my upbringing, but I never connected with it. I was baptized and had first confession, but I was never confirmed because I just always was going through the motions of like what my parents and teachers were telling me to do. Like, oh, this is how you pray and this is how you take communion and this is how you, you know, memorize and, and recite all these things. But I was just parroting what they said. I never believed that there was a God or Jesus or anyone that was actually listening to me when I was saying those prayers. I never believed that. So I was just doing all of those things to make them happy. So I absolutely never connected with that sort of like religious aspect, um, which was a lot of faking it because I actually went to then uh, Catholic school, junior high and high school. <laughs> so <laughs> it was many years of having to take a lot of classes. So it's not like I wasn't versed in what the religion meant. Like I'm very well versed in Christianity. <laughs> like we had to take classes every single day. In junior high, we actually went to mass every day. So I know what it is. I, it just never resonated with me. So I actually started pagan research in high school because there was a class that was offered called world religions because you had to take some sort of religion class every single year. And they were mostly Christianity based, but there was one called world religions, which was actually taught interestingly by the youth minister uh, at the school. And he was a really cool guy who was you know, obviously Christian, but was younger. And so he was like way more worldly, I guess, than uh, the, nuns that usually taught us everything, mm -hmm. um, who were, you know, 80 years old, a little out of touch. So that I thought, you know, learning from him and seeing what this idea of world religions would be, would be really interesting. And he was way more open and honest with us. And we had, I could probably, that textbook that we had um, for that class was thin. And I could probably to this day, pick it out in a bookstore. I remember the cover like that clearly, because that was really the first class where I was like, oh my gosh, other things exist. Like I never <laughs> really knew that growing up because my especially being in a Catholic school. That was my entire community. My whole life was exactly. family and friends that were of that one religion. And I grew up in an area that was um, also heavily Jewish, but mm -hmm. Jewish and Christianity, are the only thing they don't agree about is whether Jesus is the son of God or not. But otherwise the religions are very similar, <laughs> um, especially they, you know, they have the same Old Testament that they believe in. So mm. even with that, um, I, I still did not realize how much rest of the world there was out there. I was just so completely sheltered. So taking this world religions class was like a completely new mindset for me. We learned about not witchcraft. Wicca was not in there, but there was um, all the Eastern philosophies. So Buddhism, Taoism, Shinto, all of those that we got to learn about Hinduism. And I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many more beliefs that you know, none of them at the time resonated with me either, because again, they were focused um, on some aspect of divinity and there being a God. And mm -hmm. that was like, I still at that time just did not really get into that, did not believe that. 
um, so none of those spoke to me, but at least it opened up a whole new world. And I realized that there was like actually other things out there that I could potentially be interested in. So that was sort of the first moment that I realized I was going through the motions. I didn't need to stick with that path and that there were other options for me. So that was in high school. And then when I moved to college, moved out of my parents' house, I didn't do anything. Like college was totally like heathenism for me. It was just like, <laughs> I went to the University of Iowa, which I think everyone knows is a big party school, but I was in a sorority that just like having a lot of fun and any sort of pagan or spiritual or anything path, like anything that was not completely focused on myself was just not on my radar. Like I was so, it was terrible. I think we're all like that in college maybe. <laughs> like, oh yeah. No, you're not alone. <laughs> just really immature. And like, I was the center of my own universe. So it didn't even occur to me to, to think outside the box then. So that's kind of where I was then. So I um, moved back here to Chicago to start law school. And that is when I sort of started more of a practice, like you would consider witchcraft a practice. And that is because I started manifesting and learning homeopathic care while I was in law school. And I think that's because like, I started getting into this idea as did all of my friends with the idea of good luck charms. Like we needed our good luck charms to pass our law school finals like every <laughs> semester. And we each had our our different good luck charms. And, you know, when we didn't have it, like things would go badly. And I was like, how is that possible? That's what really got me started th thinking, like, why do we all have this idea of good luck charms? And why do we think that having this little scrap of something with us is going to make us perform better on a test? Like whether we studied or not, how did we all like come to this conclusion? Uh, so I really started looking into that side of things. So really my research started with what the heck is a good luck charm and why do we all believe in it? And then I also started looking into homeopathic care because law school is incredibly stressful and you have to study a lot. You're staring at screens and books a lot. It gives you lots of headaches, lots of sleepless nights, um, and just a ton of stress in general. And I felt like at the time that popping pills every single time that would happen was just not conducive to anything. Oh, like I'm just, you know, I keep taking migraine pills, which is crazy. Like that's, it's not good for your body to just keep popping those and just masking the symptoms instead of treating them. So I started looking into more homeopathic care and what sort of, you know, scents or herbs or even crystals could I use to keep around me that would help with headaches, that would help me sleep better, that would help manage some of the stress instead of just going through the cycle of, you know, waking up too early, downing caffeine, taking a pill like mid-afternoon, like having a whiskey cocktail to fall asleep at night. Like that was a terrible life path to be going down. That's so unhealthy. Um, yeah. So I started looking into homeopathic care. So by combining those two things and research, researching those two things, that was how I fell completely into witchcraft. Because you know, witchcraft occurred to me, of course, in the 90s when all those great movies came out. But I never considered that like real, like, well, of course, movies then were like practical magic and the craft, <laughs> and, you know, Hocus Pocus, all of the the favorites that were awesome, but nothing that was real. Like, that, yeah. so I couldn't, I didn't have it in my mind that like, oh, I can, I can do those things. Except um, when Charmed came about and Charmed was actually like based in Wicca. And I was like, oh, okay, that's like a real religion I can kind of look into. But it wasn't until law school that I was like, oh, these things are actually considered witchcraft. So that was when I started looking into what witchcraft meant 
and how most of what I was doing already would be considered witchcraft. So that was the time that I really um, considered that I was practicing and starting to do the things more regularly and starting to research and dive into it. And I would say probably about a year after graduating law school was when I first like actually consider the term like, yes, I am a witch. Probably took me that long to sort of grasp that concept. Um, so that, that's, that's the extended story <laughs> of, <laughs> of how I came around to the idea of witchcraft. As far as paganism and spirituality goes, I still don't believe in, like, I don't have deities. I believe that they exist. I believe that, um, there's a Norse pantheon and there's a Greek pantheon and people work with those deities that they, they are a real thing. I believe that they exist. I just don't talk to them or interact with them myself. Mm -hmm. That's just not part of my practice or belief system. Um, but my practice now is more based in animism where I believe that everything sort of has a spirit and an essence and I work with that. So when I go out into nature, I believe that every tree has its own sort of essence and spirit um, so I'm working with um, that sort of nature of it rather than thinking that there's a, a tree deity who, or a nature deity that I'm working with when I work with all of those trees. It's really each one individually that everything has sort of a spiritual essence and you just treat everything with the same respect that you want to get in return. That's beautiful. And I agree with that. Um, what you said about the deities and all of that, um, I mentioned in one of my recent episodes that um, I, for a while, I've been working with uh, Hecate and Loki. And as time has gone on, they have come to me to let me know that what we say is, you know, whatever, L Loki or Hecate is really us. But because of the way society is, um, we are taught to not have that faith in ourselves that we have that power so we project it onto you know gods and deities um and really what we're doing is we're worshiping that higher power within ourselves so um i've gotten gotten to the point to be more like you that like i respect that some people do believe in them but my way of looking at it is more that the power, if you will, that those deities are known for is really already within me. And I just need to learn how to unleash that and harness it. Um, so I guess my view is a little bit different than yours, but it's around the same thing. Yeah, yeah definitely along this, the same lines. And I think that nobody, nobody really knows. Yeah. You know what it is. Like not, not a single one of us knows if, the Christian God is the right one. If, you know, Jesus is the son of God, or if Judaism is, is the right religion, or if it really is the Greek gods from many millennia ago, uh, right. that are what we face in the afterlife. We have no idea. We like, nobody actually knows the answer to that. And it's entirely possible that it's different for every single person that we create our own afterlife. So who, who knows? So it's not my place to tell somebody that they're, their beliefs are wrong and those don't exist. Like, I think all of them, there's space for all of it. All of it can exist and everybody can believe what they want to believe because nobody knows what the actual answer is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I love what you said about 
uh, when you're out in nature and you're like, you know, you feel a connection to like a tree or whatever, you, you don't look at it at it as if there's like a deity for all the trees. You treat the trees as if it's like a person, an individual person with their individual spirit. I love that. I think yeah, that's I so think definitely for for me, I when I go out, I can just like sit next to a tree and each one just feels different to me. Mm. It's similar to, you know, interacting with dogs or like somebody's pet. Like my pet's personality is completely different from my brother-in-law's dog. Like two totally separate animals. They, they behave differently, act differently. They have their own personalities and likes and dislikes. And I feel that exact same thing when I interact in nature. Like two trees, even right next to each other, have different essences and they just feel different to me so I, I don't you know some people believe that there is one nature deity that you know would be in all of those trees but for me they just feel a little bit different so I treat them differently exactly um so what made you pick Wicca over any other practice in witchcraft what drew you to that is set, like opposed to let's say kitchen witchery you know what what was it about Wicca that stood out to you well I'm actually I'm actually not wicked I looked oh, up Wicca <laughs> um I know because I, I still don't believe in the see Wicca believes in the god and goddess like aspect and I still don't believe in that <laughs> gotcha. okay. um but I did look into Wicca um when I started studying which was like you know 90s, early 2000s, like looking into, you know, more things in that area. Um, everything was combined. So witchcraft and Wicca now are like very separated. But at the time, like everything's Wicca based, like <laughs> all of the books, like from the 90s are all Wicca based, like the, nobody can tell me otherwise, <laughs> like they all have some aspect of Wicca in there. Um, yeah. And so that was like very common back then to study that. And it kind of melded the two together, like the, that it was the only option. So, you know, I know a lot about the Wiccan belief system, but it's not what I um, still practice today. So I would say that I'm mostly just animism and mostly focused on hearth witchcraft, like things around the home. Gotcha. Um, how did your family react uh, to you or does your family not know that you are a witch? Oh, um, no, this is a fun question. Everybody knows because I'm a very... Um, forceful, independent, <laughs> independent person. And I guess like I always have been, I was just recently talking about this with one of my friends who was over on Thanksgiving. We've been friends since we were little. Um, and she was telling me, you know, I really appreciate that you were always friends with me, even though I was kind of weird in junior high and high school, like people stopped liking me and they stopped hanging out with me and you never did that. And I was like, I didn't even know that people thought of me that way. She's like, you really never cared that like, it, her, you know, her version of weird when she says that she's weird is what everybody as adults knows is normal, that mm -hmm. she was into her um, reading and video games and she's very intelligent and was very good at math, but was just like an introverted, quiet person. And in high school, that's weird. In high school, you're supposed to, you know, be outgoing and be in clubs and want to do sports and things. And so she was just not like that, a complete introvert home buddy. And that was considered weird then. I don't consider that weird. <laughs> no, I don't either. Um, I don't consider that weird at all. But I am one of those extroverted persons. So I feel like I, I've adopted a lot of introvert friends. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we're going to be friends now. And that's 
they're fine with it. Um, so I don't consider those people weird, but she was like, you know, I really appreciate that. You didn't just ditch me. And I, looking back at it, I think that was kind of my personality all throughout, um, growing up was that, um, I am an only child and I am adopted. So for those two things, like there's, there's nothing that I could do that would make my parents not love me. Like I was always very confident that no matter what happened when I like went out in the world, I always had my parents always had my back. Like how can they not, when not only am I an only child, I'm their only option, but they also adopted me. Like they picked me. So Mm. (laughs) out of like any other baby they could have had, they picked me. So um, I always like had some sort of like self-confidence going out in the world that like, even if everybody else hated me, like I had a very safe home environment. Um, So I always had a very forceful personality um, that was sort of take it or leave it. So I was very honest about, you know, everything about my personality, my likes and dislikes and what I was, you know, doing and interested in. And that includes witchcraft. Like that's never been a secret with anybody. Cause I'm like, if you don't like me or like something that I practice or something about me, that's, that says everything about you and nothing about me. Like, I'm not going to change who I am or what I like to please one person. That's just not who I am. So um, I never had a problem with telling people. My parents, of course, were well, (laughs) already knew before I even said anything about witchcraft that I was not Catholic. Like I, they, they knew that I never, you know, really believed in any of that stuff. They always had to like force me to go to classes and church and that, that never happened. So they were not surprised at all when I stopped doing that. Um, and when I went over to witchcraft, it, I didn't even have a conversation with them that like, Oh, I'm a witch now. I just, it just happened. And I was like, okay, well I'm doing this, you know, spell bottle and I'm ta- outside talking to this tree and it is what it is. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, they just accepted it as this new thing that I'm obsessed with and it is what it is and they have to love me no matter what. So <laughs> um, there was never any sort of conversation about it. And um, sadly, my dad passed away last year or um, November, 2020. So um, it's just my mom now, but my mom is still the same way where she's like, whatever you want. And she's still Catholic. Um, so she still, you know, goes to church and, and enjoys her church services, but um, doesn't make me go to it or participate in it, understands that that I have no interest in that um, and lets me do whatever it is I want to do. <laughs> um, and all of my friends are the same, that I've always been honest and like this, these are the things that I like. And if you don't like them or don't like me, then that's fine. Like, I don't need that's negativity in my life and you go find other friends and I'll do the same. So um, that's, that's how I am. I know that that can be really hard for people. I know I have some friends that are real people pleasers and they get really upset when somebody doesn't like them or is mad at them. Um, So I know that that can be difficult for some people, but fortunately I've never had to face that or face, you know, family who was really against what I was interested in. Well, that, well, first of all, I want to say I'm very happy that you have such a secure, loving family that you felt so comfortable to just be yourself, you know? Um, you know, obviously not everybody has that opportunity, so, um, or, you know, has a family like that. So I'm very happy that you you do have that. Um, so, um, <laughs> what... <laughs> 
Um, I'm, I've got a question. I'm just trying to think how to word it. <laughs> um, so when you started your practice, did you, like you were saying in the 90s, everything was pretty much Wicca based. That's just what it was. Did you know right then and there that you wanted to find something else outside of Wicca? Or did you go with Wicca in the beginning? Because that was pretty much all you had offered to you. Um, and if you were able to branch away from Wicca um, in your beginning stages of being a witch, uh, what what tools did you use? Where were you able to find that information? So, yes, I, I did sort of separate it right from the beginning because I knew when it started talking about God and goddess, I was like, okay, this is not going to be for me, but I liked so much of the rest of the information um, that any sort of witchcraft book that I read that really had that deity information in there, I just kind of ignored that chunk. <laughs> it was like anything that, you know, is, is required to invoke God and goddess or, you know, surrounding worshiping them. I just completely ignored it and focused on the other things in that. And it was sort of like a difficult, you know, way to do things, but um, I just picked out the information out of each book that I could find uh, that worked with what I felt was right. Um, and what worked for me and just sort of ignored the deity information. And uh, a lot of what I was studying back then was actually based on some of my dad's textbooks. My dad was a uh, pediatrician um, for my whole life. So he had a lot of books on what's called the, there's various Latin terms that are, that are too ridiculous, but there is a magical property of, all the plants that we are familiar with and that's usually what we use in witchcraft but every single one of them also has um a medical purpose um so he had a bunch of books for homeopathic medicine of what these medicinal purposes were of all of these different um herbs and things that i was you know familiar with and like their magical purposes were all in all of those wicca books but he had all of the medicinal purposes which are important for dr snow because they have interactions with standard drugs so there you know are reasons why there are certain herbs that you should not use with tylenol there are reasons there there are certain herbs that you shouldn't use while you're pregnant um so those are all things that doctors need to know in case somebody comes in and they are saying well i use this you know lavender essential oil, you know, on my skin or in my um, diffuser, or I take this tea that has such and such herbs within it, um, you know, especially green tea um, that in Chinese philosophies uh, that have all of these different herbs in it. Doctors need to know what all of those are and what their medical purposes are in case there are any interactions with any drugs that they are going to prescribe for their patients. So my dad had all of these books um, that were incredibly useful to me back then because I was able to um, make that connection between the magical purpose and the medicinal purpose and include that in really what I was practicing. So I did a lot of focus there and sort of making my own homeopathic practice out of those medical textbooks. And then combining that with like what I could glean from the Wicca textbooks when I just would just ignore the deity information. Gotcha. 
Um, and I think you kind of might have answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case. Um, so with your father's uh, passing and whatnot, I'm sorry, it's not the right way to say it, passing, um, which I'm very sorry about. Um, what do you do to honor him in your practice? Uh, is that, you know, incorporating his books or making a meal that he really enjoyed? What is it that, or does he not uh, factor into your practice? So, oh, no, he he definitely factors in that I I have the little prayer card that are, they're, they're called different things, but they have them at funerals where it's a mass card, a prayer card, a remembrance card where they have the mm-hmm. picture. And then there's usually, if you're Catholic, there's like a little prayer on the back. So I have that, um, his um, picture of him. And I will usually pull that out during spell work. So I feel like his spirit is with me specifically during health and healing spells because he was a pediatrician. And that was always what everyone in my family obviously <laughs> turned to him for was anytime we had any sort of um, <laughs> illness that we would go to my dad for that. So that is still what I use, you know, his, his spirit for. And also um, he is, even though he's buried in a Catholic cemetery, I still visit there and I will take graveyard dirt from his grave because I can use that again in health and healing spells. Um, for myself, for my dog, for my husband, for anybody that, you know, is for whatever reason is not feeling great. Um, then I keep a little bit of graveyard dirt from his grave because like, I believe that, you know, all kinds, there's all different uses for graveyard dirt and specifically and dirt from other locations. And when you get it from a grave, I feel like the, you know, essence of that is different based on you know, what person was, was buried there. So for my dad being a doctor, it's most useful in health and healing spells. So that's how I still incorporate his memory into my spell craft. And we are currently under construction, which I feel like has been a whole different issue. Like my house has been under construction where it feels like two years of my life. Like it's just so many issues and just never done. But when it is done, I'm going to finally have a space for an actual office in our upstairs um, and have a desk that I already have picked out. And it's got a bunch of shelves that is going to be my like bookshelf slash more permanent altar space because I don't have a permanent altar space right now. Um, and I will be able to actually put some of his things there as sort of a trying to him to remember him. So that would be like his textbooks and like a couple of other things. Like I have his um, small little suitcase that he came here with from India when he moved here when he was 18. And that like his whole world's belongings fit in this tiny suitcase. So like I still have that suitcase that I'm going to display there and, and just make it like a nice little actual space on my altar to remember him and know that his spirit is still with me. That's so sweet. Wow. Um, and that must be so difficult having all that construction going on and trying to live your life. <laughs> oh, so over it. <laughs> it's the worst. It's really, in, I live in Chicago and it's just every, they, the city is just so particular and has like their sticky little fingers and everything and just like make life so difficult with their permit issues. So that's like currently the problem that we're running into with the like, there's like one little letter that's left off or two letters that are left off of our 
construction plans and so we have to go through the permit process all over it like it's just such a mess like, so it's annoyed me to no end I'm so over it um so my next question is um is your dad um the main uh ancestor that you work with or do you also work with um like grandparents etc um and if so, uh, were those like grandparents, great grandparents that you knew? And if not, um, how did you um, connect with them if you did not know them in this life? So, um, no, but it's an interesting question. So, I do have other quote unquote ancestors. I use the term ancestors as anybody in my immediate world who has passed away. So I have like friends or, you know, somebody that I called an uncle, except that he wasn't actually related. We just, you know, he was a good family friend who passed away and I consider that ancestor as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, there's a couple of people like that, that I knew while they were alive and were close to that I will work with in a similar way that um, I work with my dad of just having their spirit with me specifically if they were, um, really skilled at something in life. So my uncle was really skilled at um, finances and investing. And he moved here from Sicily with absolutely nothing uh, and built a, you know, monstrous business here and empire and, and life for himself here. So, and he was really good. Like he did all of like our, our stocks and investing and all of that, that I still understand nothing about. But anytime I'm doing a, you know, prosperity or abundance working, that it's his spirit that I would, you know, ask for assistance with that. So I have some, you know, ancestors that I work with in that way. Um, but as far as going back in my lineage, I do not. Um, obviously, my dad's whole family is, other than him, is in India. And his parents, his father passed away before I was born and his mother passed away when I was about one years old. So I never knew them and they are buried in India, which for me, the graveyard aspect tends to be important, like to have like a physical place to go and like a physical connection. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have that, but it is something that I'm interested in um, looking into, thinking about it, um, of, of contacting them and, and reaching like that, that side. Um, and then on my mother's side, she never had a good relationship with her um, parents. So in turn, I never had a good relationship with my grandparents. Like they were, that's one of those things where I was talking about earlier that like, I'm very confident. Um, and I knew that my parents loved me no matter, no matter what. So I didn't feel the need to have people in my life ever that, you know, didn't love me really essentially is what my grandparents came down to. So um, I told them off and I don't think I haven't spoken to them in over 20 years. And um, I know this is going to sound horrible, but this is like just how it is sometimes with toxic people is that my grandfather, my mom's dad actually passed away yesterday and I have zero emotions over it. Like I will not be attending a funeral. Like I getting, it's the same as getting the news of a, you know, complete stranger. I, I have no feelings over this <laughs> whatsoever. So obviously won't be, um, contacting him but it was the same way I like told them off I think I was 14 years old and I've, I've never spoken to them since so I think that it works with you know friends and and strangers relationships but it's family too if you have toxic family 
I, I have no problem cutting them out of my life. I, I've done it. So um, that ancestry side of things, I have not really touched. And I don't know that I will. Uh, my mom has some great aunts and uncles. So my great aunt, um, who was wonderful, and she passed away a couple of years ago, um, who normally I might be interested in reaching out to, but she was very, very Catholic. So I don't know how that will go. <laughs> like I'm reaching out to her for witchcraft purposes. She might be like, what? Honey, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, and she wouldn't do it. She wouldn't like be mean or mad. Like that was just not in her personality, but she may be like, no, sweetie, I'm not the right one for this. <laughs> <laughs> and no judgment here whatsoever. I totally agree with you. If you've got toxic people in your life, family members or whatever, if they don't serve your highest good, cut them out. I, I'm with you 100% on that. So no judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, is there anything else that I might have forgotten to ask you about um, your journey to becoming a witch that you would like to share? I know this has been, we've been talking for a while. <laughs> I, know, I like so many details, but I feel like I'm I'm an open book because I know a lot of people can't be, or they're just starting out in their journey and they feel so uncomfortable with the idea. So I feel like the more open I am that hopefully that helps other people. Exactly. <laughs> like a, a little bit of my confidence will rub off on them. I, I have had some of my introverted friends tell me that, that like, I, I'm a confident person when I'm with you. <laughs> like you just make me feel better about my decisions. I'm like, well, you're welcome. <laughs> I support you. So Hopefully I can do that for the listeners as well. Cause yes, I have a whole long story. Um, the only one other thing that I wanted to touch on that I feel like is important because it, it comes up sometimes is that with, with witchcraft. And when I say that I don't have, you know, a, a deity practice or that I practice witchcraft and it's just like secular and I don't have gods and goddesses is that people are like, well, how do you know if you're going to go to heaven or hell or how do you how, know like how to behave in life and, and, you know, be a good versus bad person. I'm like, I don't need religion for that. So I, I just wanted to let other people know that as well, that there are a lot of us out there who don't have deities and I don't need some God looking over my shoulder. That's going to smite me when I'm bad to know how to behave in society. I know what I feel like is, is right and wrong and how to properly treat people um, that you interact with, how to properly treat animals and the environment. And I don't need a religion to tell me um, what's right and wrong. I think a lot of us actually know that for ourselves just from living in the world. Um, so I don't feel like I need a religion to tell me those things. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, and again, res you know, respect to people that like to have deities and gods as a, a moral compass and just guide them along their ways. But I agree with you. Um, we generally know from childhood uh, what's right and wrong, you know, and um, somewhere along the way it kind of gets squashed out of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think even people who have deities and enjoy that moral compass find deities that already embody what they believed in before so they already knew what was right and wrong and how they wanted to behave and they found a pantheon that that works within that structure within that that mind frame so i feel like even with people who follow that moral compass they already had that inside them and they already knew that and they found something that backed them up exactly um so 
I think this might be a good spot to leave this week's episode. Um, of course, uh, you're more <laughs> than I, welcome uh... to come back on at any point. Um, and um, thank you again so much. <laughs> After I uh, talked everyone's ear off. So thank you so much for having me. Again, I am at, you know, Which Wednesdays all over the place, and specifically on Instagram, Which Wednesdays podcast. So if you have um, any questions for me for what I talked about, or if you just, you know, have questions in general about how to approach the subject with your family, or you need somebody to give you a little boost of confidence to do that. I am that person. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I am around. <laughs> Definitely. But, and for those of you out there listening to this episode that have not ch- gone and checked out uh, Steph's podcast, I highly recommend her podcast was one of the very first I ever started listening to even before I started identifying myself as a witch. Um, so she's, she's a great source. Take oh, advantage. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for having me today. As always, I want to make sure to thank you all for sharing this time with me. Um, as always, you can find me at Practical Magic Pod on Instagram and TikTok. I will be back next week with a brand new episode discussing veiling.